Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to Breath of Pragma. This is Dr. Dennis Daniels. I want to thank you for joining us. The song that you just listened to was Celebrate He Lives by Fred Hammond, and it's a celebratory song about the one and only resurrected Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Breath of Pragma, where we encourage you to love to breathe and breathe to love. Our sentinel verse here is Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where it reads, The Lord who created everything formed man from the clay of the ground, and then the Lord himself breathed the breath of life into the nostrils of man, and he became a living being. So that is the breath of life. And here at Breath of Pragma, we specialize in giving people education about lung health, and we want you to take that those good, healthy lungs to spread pragma love. They asked the Lord Jesus Christ, what are the two greatest commandments? And he said, love the Lord your father with all your heart. But he went on to say, love your neighbor. And that is pragma love, P-R-A-G-M-A. Please visit us at breathofpragma.com where you can find previous podcasts um, and other information about Breath of Pragma. If you like our programming, you can certainly make a donation and uh, that goes to get used in keeping us going. And we appreciate those who have sponsored so far. Um, <clears throat> and uh, also on that website, you can find a link to our sponsor, Executive Pulmonary Medicine who specialize in treating lung diseases and sleep disorders. And so if you feel like you want a good place to get good personal care, uh, just visit their website at executivepulmonarymedicine.com. And if you want to know more about Breath of Pragma, just uh, visit us at breathofpragma.com. Uh, I always take this uh, opportunity to address those who are uncertain if there is a creator or not. So to believe there is no creator, you have to explain where we came from because we are most certainly here. And because we are most certainly here, then we came from somewhere. Everybody has a great, 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 great granddaddy and a great, 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 great grandma. And so at the beginning, the Human Genome Project has taught us that there was a genetic atom and a genetic Eve. We are all one part of God's family, but that's science that proves there's a creator. We didn't come from gorillas because they're still gorillas. We didn't come from aliens because they didn't create us, number one. And number two, I would say, okay, then who created the aliens? And number three, they certainly are going out of their way to be invisible and just to leave us here and not communicate with us. Um, if you make a terrarium, full of turtles while well, you visit it and you feed it and you the turtles have no doubt that you're there so our creator has left proof that he's here and aliens have not <clears throat> and once again you're stuck when i say who created the aliens so the god i believe in is not confined to our understanding to our space and time the god i believe in is outside of space and time the creator is outside of the universe that he created. The person who created your computer or your cell phone is not inside your cell phone. <clears throat> they are outside of it. 
So when people say, well, who created God? Well, there's your first problem, because if God could be created, then is he really God? And if God is created, then, well, that means he has to have a creator himself. So we don't have a full understanding. We can't sit here and say, ah, there is God, or that's where God was found. And just like that, people who want to claim that we came from a rock, well, I ask you, how do they prove that rock existed? And where did the rock come from? And what made it explode? And how in the world is it the first thing to explode and create something when explosions always destroy? So you either believe in the Bible and the story of the one and only resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, which has direct eyewitnesses, which has never been proven, which has archaeological and historical findings that prove it to be true. Uh, or you believe in a mystical, magical rock that showed up out of nowhere and blew up for no reason. With all due respect, I choose to believe in a creator because somebody had to make that rock. With that being said, um, we have spent the last couple of weeks talking about tobacco use and how tobacco use uh, can cause harm and even death, how it, it causes millions of deaths. And the top three killers in our country, uh, cardiovascular disease, cancer, and lower respiratory tract infections and lower respiratory tract diseases are all caused by cigarette smoke. But I want to draw your attention to Matthew chapter 15, verse uh, 17, where Jesus says, It is not what goes in you that defiles you, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile the man. What comes out of you is what defiles you. And this leads us into our focus on, on lies. Here at Breath of Pragma, we want to encourage you to use the greatest gift ever, the breath of life, to spread Pragma love. But unfortunately, we do have some people who use that powerful, wonderful gift to spread death and destruction and lies. Proverbs tells us that the power of life and death is in the tongue, that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You can speak life and you can speak death. To give you some examples of how we speak death or how death has been spoken over people, I decided to look at cases of people who are on death row but are ultimately proven innocent. Some of these people were actually killed. There are studies that say about 4% of the people on death row are actually innocent and proven so by DNA and other objective information. But our concern is how did they get there to start with? It's because somebody lied and somebody believed the lie. So there are people on death row who are ultimately proven innocent. Uh, here are some names to keep in mind. Clemente Aguirre, A-G-U-I-R-R-E. Spent 19 years on death row being accused of killing a woman um, because when he saw her bleeding on the ground, he went over to help her and because he noticed he was stabbed and then he ran to get help and people saw him running away from the scene and said, hey, that guy did it, you know, and he was just visiting from another country, uh, wasn't too good with his English, but he spent 14 years on death row when there were direct eyewitnesses 
and even people in this woman's family who said her daughter did it. Her daughter had psychiatric issues and threatened to kill other people and tried to kill other people in the family on the same day. They found blood on the daughter's clothes and it was her mother's blood. They found the knife in the, in the daughter's bedroom. So the daughter was actually a grown woman at this time, but the daughter killed him. And yet this guy spent 14 years on death row trying to fight a lie. Claude Joan, a single hair and one eye witness, convicted this man and put him on death row. Ultimately, he was proven innocent by DNA. And here's the kicker. The one witness who was a liar was the one who actually committed the murder. David Wayne Spence, there were bite marks and liars that got this guy convicted. There were inmates who were given lighter sentences in exchange for saying that they heard him confess to a crime that he never committed. And ultimately, he was proven innocent. Uh, Ruben Cantu, C-A-N-T-U, there were eyewitnesses who basically said he was the, uh, the killer. And this was another case where the liar was actually the murderer and ultimately was proven that the person who had Ruben Cantu put on death row was the one who actually killed the person. And this is just showing you the power of lies, how lies can kill. And we're going to go over how the Bible correlates lies to death uh, repeatedly in a minute. Carlos de Luna, there were liars and, and got this innocent man put on death row. And ultimately, objective information and evidence proved him to be innocent. Devante Sanford, S-A-N-F-O-R-D, was a 14-year-old African-American who was coerced in confessions and ultimately proven to be innocent. Uh, Cameron Todd Willingham, another example. These are all names you can look up. Melissa Lucia was convicted of killing her two daughters. If you can believe that, they had objective information that said she didn't do it, but liars kept the lies going. And I can't understand this. I mean, it was so obvious in this case. You really have to study this one. And uh, she received the stay of execution two days before she was scheduled to be killed. In a retrial, she was found to be innocent, and ultimately they did find the person who killed her two daughters. But why was she on death row in the first place? Because of liars. George Steiny Jr., a 14-year-old uh, African-American, he was the youngest person ever sent to death row. This was in one of the Carolinas. And he was on trial for two hours because there were, he was 14 years old and there were two young girls who were found murdered and their bodies were found in a ditch near his house, but it was also near a whole bunch of other houses. And they had absolutely no proof in this case in any way, shape or form. This guy was on trial for two hours, found to be guilty. He spent only 83 days on death row and then was electrocuted. And believe it or not, there are heartbreaking pictures that you can find and you can see this poor little boy crying and his parents were not allowed to speak to him they were not allowed at the trial they were kept out of the trial they were not allowed to visit him when he was in prison i mean they were just determined to kill this little boy these are liars and murderers and they always go together and 70 years later this little boy was proven to be innocent um so there are multiple examples of how Death can come from what people speak and what people say. The Bible has a whole bunch of teachings on 
not lying. And we've gone over some of them previously on Breath of Pragma because there are two ways to assure that we're using the greatest gift ever, which is the breath of life, for goodness. For ourselves, we have to speak kindly and kindness and loving things over ourselves. But we also have to make sure we're not misusing that great power because we could have a 14-hour show or longer on how lies have killed people. Anyone who has been lied on has seen the destruction of those lies. It can challenge families. Uh, it can destroy families. It can lead to death. Innocent people having their lives ruined and their careers ruined by liars. I mean, people lie because they expect to lie to work. But the main reason they lie is because they're really trying to hurt somebody else. That's it. And, you know, if, if you're throwing a surprise party for someone and you lie to them and say, hey, we're going to the movies, but you're actually taking them to the surprise, you know, that, that's not what we're talking about here, okay? What we're talking about are lies that have a malicious intent that are meant to hurt, that are meant to harm people. Um, in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, it says, These six things does the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. One is a proud look. Now, I want you to pay attention to these words coming up. So one is a proud look. Two, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. That's one sentence. So God right now, right off the bat, is correlating liars with murderers who shed innocent blood. God is saying that liars are like baby killers. I mean, I mean, there's not a there's not another way to interpret this. God is saying liars are like those who kill murder in innocent blood. God says he hates a heart that is divisive with wicked imaginations. Wicked, what are wicked imaginations? Lies, scheming and lies. Feet that be swiftly running to mischief and a false witness that speaketh lies and he that soweth discord among the brothers. Well, now, now wait a minute. God says he hates a proud look. Then he says he hates lying. That's one. Then he says he says that he hates a heart with um, divisive, wicked imaginations. That's lies again. That's another way of saying lies. Uh, a false witness. That's another way of saying lies. And those that speaketh lies. So he said it twice. He hates a lying tongue, and he hates those who speaks lies. Is this is almost like when you leave your house and you look at your children and you say, first of all, this house better be clean when I get back. Second of all, this house better not be dirty when I get back. Third of all, I want to make sure that this house is clean by the time I come home. Well, you're telling them the same thing, but it's so important that you're emphasizing it. And God says, like in these six or seven things that he's listing here, four of them are liars or a lying tongue or false witnesses. He hates liars because lies cause harm. Lies kill people. In Proverbs 19.9, he says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. In Proverbs 12.22, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal in truth are his delight. Can't be more clear than that. He that tells lies shall not tarry, in my sight. That's Psalm 107 verse, I mean 101 verse 7. Colossians 3 9. Lie not to one another. Straightforward. Proverbs 24 28. Be not a witness against thy neighbor without cause, 
and deceive not with thy lips. Proverbs 19.5, a false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. <clears throat> uh, John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, he that saith, I know the Lord, but doesn't keep the commandments, is a liar, and truth is not in him. Now, if you read John 8, 44, it, this goes into good description and explanation that lies come from the devil. If you have light, then you know there's dark. And if there is darkness, then you know the opposite of darkness is light. When you see evil, and most of us have, evil is easy to see, then you know there is an opposing force. <clears throat> and in John chapter 8, 44, it says, you are of your father. He's speaking of people who are liars. You are of your father, the devil. So God says, if you are a liar, the devil is your father. You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your fathers you will do. You are of your father and you will serve your father. You're proving it by being a daggone liar. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So you heard people say the devil is a liar or the devil is the father of lies. Well, it's John chapter 8, verse 44 that they're referring to. And God makes it very clear. He, he has a very specific plan for the devil. No doubt about it. And he says, if you are a liar, then the devil is your father and you will do the devil's work. And you're proving it by being a malicious, hateful liar. In Proverbs 12, 19, he says, the lips of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is for a moment. And that is the hope that we all have. In Exodus 20, verse 16, if you recognize this, then you know this is one of the Ten Commandments. In the Ten Commandments, there are 613 commandments, but the top ten, there are four commandments that tell us how to love God and six commandments that tell us how to love each other. And of the six commandments that tell us how to love, is, love each other, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16, it says, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Now, to bear false witness... We all believe that Jesus was the bearer of the cross. We all bear our burdens. We all, so to bear something means that you carry it, you keep it going, you promote it. And to be a bearer of, of false witness, to bear false witness means you are now the father and the bearer and the promoter, the energy source behind the lie that is causing death and destruction and damage and, 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 and death. And that is why God says repeatedly, liars are just like murderers. So God said in the beginning and in the middle and throughout the Bible, liars are murderers and liars are doing the work of the devil. But the last thing God says uh, tells us in Revelation 21, verse 8, he says, But the fearful, unbelieving, and abominable, the murderers and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and they are real, and idolaters, and all liars. He puts the words all in front of liars, emphasizing he really can't stand them. 
He says they are all going to burn in a fiery lake of sulfur. Why is it a lake? Because the lake doesn't communicate with other bodies of water. Why is it burning? Because he's destroying them forever. He literally says that will be the second death, the final death for them. And why sulfur? Very interesting. Because sulfur smells like rotten eggs. And God hates liars so much that he's going to burn them in the fiery lake. And the last thing they're going to smell is something that smells nasty, like rotten eggs. That's what God thinks about, about liars. And we've discussed how liars can cause death. I mean, there are people out there saying 4% of the people on death row are actually innocent. And the only reason they're on death row is because somebody somewhere is daggone lying. Um, there are places like the Innocence Project, and you can get more information on this. There's a website called the Death Penalty Information Center. They actually estimate that 1 in 8.3 people on death row are proven to be innocent. Now, how did they get the death row in the first place? Because somebody lied. There are studies out there that says there are about 10,000 wrongful convictions every year in the United States. Wrongful convictions. And you can actually look up a podcast that's called Wrongful Conviction. But 10,000 people are victims of lies going to prison, going to death row because people are liars? Seriously? I mean, I can't be more clear that no matter what you use this powerful gift for, and your voice is definitely a gift. You're able to speak, and that is a gift. What you use that gift for is what matters. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, Let us consider one, uh, consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. To provoke, to provoke, to cause, to move in a direction, to affect each other in a way that we move towards love and good work. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 10, it reads, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, the breath of life, and they lived and stood upon their feet an exceeding great army. That's you. That's you. You're the army. Would you believe that the greatest power God has right now on earth is me and you? He already sent the Messiah. The messenger has been here, has died, was crucified, and was resurrected, and has not come back yet. So God's ambassadors are me and you. Your voice can speak good. Your voice can speak death. And you have the choice. You have free will to be a liar and do the work of the devil. Or you can spread pragma love and do nice things and be nice and be kind. You have the power to speak kind things over yourself and over the people around you. Liars need a willing audience. They need somebody who is prejudiced or ignorant, stupid or mean. They need a co-liar. They need, you know, for example, if, if somebody doesn't like the boss and they say, hey, I saw the boss eat a booger. Well, the person who is likely to believe that is someone else who doesn't like the boss or someone who's prejudiced against the boss for some reason. The reason that people who believe lies are probably going to have their intelligence questioned is because they're not being careful. They're being prejudiced. They're being quick to judge. 
If someone says, hey, that monkey stole my bananas and ate them. Well, if you say, you know, well, that's true. I mean, I believe monkeys like bananas. So therefore, I believe that monkey is a thief and stole your bananas. Well, now, wait a minute. Wouldn't you want to see a trail of bananas leading up to the monkey? Wouldn't you want to see pieces of banana uh, on, the, on the monkey's mouth or smell his monkey breath and see if there's bananas on it? Wouldn't you want some proof that this took place without just believing lies? See, liars count on laziness. They count on ignorance. You know who really loves to believe lies? Other liars. Mean people love believing lies. It gives them an excuse to be mean. The only power liars have is you. If you're speaking about someone and not to someone, you are involved in a lie. If someone is trying to convince you to believe something negative and nasty, especially if the person they're talking about is not present, watch out. You are talking to a liar. You are talking to someone whose father is the devil. You're talking to someone who is correlated to baby murderers. Liars are considered to be murderers of innocent blood, according to the Lord. God says he despises them. He hates them. He listed seven things that he can't stand, and four of them was liars. So be very, very careful. We have the power to use the breath of life to spread kindness and love and goodness. We have that power. And if we all stick together and we all decide to be part of the prayer movement, then I believe without a shadow of a doubt that you and I can encourage everybody to wave at each other, make eye contact, smile, nod your head, say hello, start a compliment, tell someone, hey, you look happy today. Even if they might not look all the way happy like you think they could, you know, encourage them. If you tell them, hey, you look like you're making it today, you know, you look like you're doing okay. Those are words of encouragement. Children of God, I can't stress it to you more. Whatever you do, don't be the killer of innocent blood. Don't believe a lie. We'll see you next week at Breath of Pragma.